0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. Champion Gary Clark, you know what you got to tune in to, right? You know where podcast is off the chain. This is
1: President Jason Wright, you're listening to Burgundy Network podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Burgundy Network podcast. After a very stressful win, Brian, it seems like that is the main trend in every single game of the season is stress as we edge out the Falcons 34 to 30. How are you feeling about this one, Brian? Are you feeling good? Are you feeling kind of like, man, I don't know, or because we expected to win? Or are you still kind of hype about it?
0: Uh, yeah, I was pretty excited. I mean, maybe being there, maybe being there a bunch of times when they couldn't beat uh, Atlanta here in Atlanta. I was super excited to be there. I get they should have definitely played better, but I'm still excited about it. And uh, I don't think you have to apologize for a win. You can certainly learn from it, but it's way better being two and two than one and three. Yeah.
1: Or 0 and four, which we could have easily <laughs> shoot, been if you, uh, you're right. If you watch all the games, but guys, this one was a lot of points in this one. I bet the over in this one, which was uh, definitely easy to do. And I hope y'all did too, which brings me to the sponsor for the show uh, bet online. And it's been an action packed season so far in NFL um, especially last night with a little uh, weather delay going on with the uh, Chargers and Raiders, I had some uh, of those bets going on too. It was a really weird game, like over under, uh, a weather delay in a dome wouldn't be looking well, good. That s- so was
0: so real quick i heard it's not technically a dome they have like a canopy over it so it's not technically a dome from what i heard atmosphere or something yeah it's weird
1: all i know is they're gonna be playing super bowls there so they better get it together um but guys bet online is the number one source for all of your betting needs this season with a new updated site more odds props and contests bet online just keeps getting better and it is so much fun even these other games that i have no ties to just throwing down a little bets, so you have something to watch and root for um the whole game all you have to do is head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus by using the promo code believe that is b-l-e-a-v and you get that extra bonus all you have to do is sign up today and start playing because the season's not going to be slowing down especially here in washington um got a lot of good games coming up so this falcons one i really looked at it i told people all along like i feel like for me this is a game that we should win like expectations set by us by the team by the media all preseason long said the falcons the way they've been playing so far is a team we should beat should mm-hmm. now, i know things can happen any given sunday it's the nfl you just never know but would you agree with me saying that the falcons are a team that we should beat?
0: yeah absolutely i mean they they didn't look good they're kind of in a rebuild mode Uh, Even though I don't think they're going to say that, you know, hearing that being down here, I don't think I've heard them say that, but you know, you got a new coach. uh, You're trying to figure out if Matt Ryan still has anything left in the tank. You don't really have a lot of weapons outside of Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts quarter Patterson proved us wrong there, but I don't think you expected him to be a legit weapon, but yeah, absolutely a team that you should beat. The defense is, is not very good. Um, so, yeah, it was certainly a game that they should have gone in there. Um, Shoulda, coulda, woulda, you know, dominated, which they obviously did not. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they did come out with a win. So you can't be too upset, um, but you feel like going into it, you probably should have been a little bit farther ahead of the Falcons. But, you know, I'm not going to complain about a win because, you know, getting a win is getting a win. We talked to Brian in last week. You don't have to apologize for a win in the NFL. It doesn't matter if it's against a winless team or a undefeated team. You don't have to apologize. So I'll take the W, but it certainly seems like they should have been a little bit farther ahead of where the Falcons are.
1: I agree with you. And the funny thing that I'm going to enjoy about this episode is a couple things we don't agree on. Um, So we'll hit that first. And then we'll talk about the one thing that everybody agrees on, and that is the defense. And obviously some special teams, the, the, the coaster of the special teams was as good as possible and as bad as possible. Peaks and
0: valleys all over.
1: Yes, yeah, so let's talk about that first. I actually had that last on my notes, but I think we should talk about that first because it's been an interesting topic. First off, DeAndre Carter, who's been in the league for seems like a long time, just bouncing around these teams, scores his first ever NFL touchdown on one of the most unexpected times the first kickoff after halftime it's when like everyone's like settling down in their seats you know getting concessions i'm at home eating something and i'm like oh shoot like he's gone Like <laughs> he's actually taking that back to the house were you there like in your seat when it happened
0: i was not even in my seat yet i was oh, still out no. and about. so i hear this dull roar and i look up and they have screens everywhere so you can oh, yeah. still watch the game and it was you know, all the Washington fans were going nuts in the tunnels. So that was, I mean, I wanted to see it, but it was kind of cool to see it from that angle here like the roar coming and people cheering in the tunnels and all that. But yeah, that was, that was pretty awesome, especially uh, with the way the defense played going into the half to come, to let the Falcons come right back down the field and score a touchdown right before half uh, for Carter to, to, to take it right out of the, you know, right out of the gates in the second half was awesome. And, yeah, I was surprised by that. I feel like I've heard his name forever, and that was only his first career touchdown. So good for him, and it it felt good to to see it happen. And he made that number one jersey look good as he was flying down the field.
1: Dude, I love it. I love that one jersey. And, yeah, like you said, it was, you know, go ahead.
0: And a key part, I don't know if we're going to get to this, the punter is their kickoff guy, and then he was out after that. I think he pulled up kind of lame trying to chase him down. So Koo had to punt a couple of times. And they were ugly, but yeah, uh, they got some good bounces. But that was an interesting uh, factor in that there that I didn't realize until I was like, who, why is he punting? (laughs) And why is it going
1: only 15 yards? Um, But like you said, the defense let Cordell Patterson score one of his 100 touchdowns right before halftime. 14 seconds left before halftime. They took a 17-13 lead, and then DeAndre Carter was like, nah. Guys, we're not we're not going down like this. Ran that one back made it a 19-17 game because Hopkins missed uh, another extra point. So let's talk about that. DeAndre Carter, awesome. <sighs> but um Hopkins, it seems like I don't Ron swears this is his guy. I don't I don't I don't I'm starting to get confused. And like wh- what is the line? Like, what exactly does he have to do to, to not be the guy and missing two extra points in the same game? which hurt us at the end almost, you know, put more stress on the teams where it could have been a lot easier win for us if we make those extra points. But obviously they bring in uh, Chris Blewett, who we'll talk about, um, sign him to the practice squad, another kicker. Who knows what that means? Who knows if he'll even, you know, compete for his job? We have no idea. But my question for you is, like, what does Hopkins have to do for Ron just to be like, all right, yeah, we need to address this kicking situation because it it does
0: not look good. I, I feel like he's waiting for his kick to actually cost the game. You know, well what he, if
1: what if the Giants didn't go offsides? What if that costs us the game and like I, that was it?
0: I, yeah, I'm with you. I don't know. I it's like Ron really wants it to actually happen, and that's the only way he's gonna get rid of him. Cause I don't know how you see this and think that he is a Confident kicker right now, and I and I know that there were some personal issues with him. I think his brother-in-law or something like that, which you hate that. But if his mind is not in the right place, whether or not I he's a good guy, you, yeah. yeah, whether or not he's a good guy. I mean, yeah, there's nothing wrong with you know. I, I don't know. I, I I don't I don't see it. And, and to miss two extra points, it's just absurd. And the only That's kick the he did make was makes. a makes. Yeah, and the only kick he did make was a chip shot. Um, I've heard that you know. He's he's decent under 50. Well, NFL kickers are hitting 55 yards like they're nothing. And I feel like he has a zero percent shot of that happening. And I I don't get it. And I I root for him because he's on the team. But he's going to cost this team a game and he probably should have already maybe twice now. Uh, I I don't get it at all. Um, You know, I I believe in Ron Rivera and I believe in trusting your guys. But I I also believe in kind of what I see on the field. And he has been really bad and i i don't get it i don't know maybe blew it is maybe that's a wake-up call maybe it's more realistic than you know they they brought in pinero a couple weeks ago but he was released due to injury i i don't know i don't know what the answer is it doesn't make a lot of sense
1: yeah i mean that's one thing i thought about so much like (laughs) what if he did miss that kick and there's no offsides and we just left that thursday night game go 0-1 0-1 in the NFC East. It's just a gloomy game. It's another loss for us. We're sitting at 1-3 now because of Hopkins. It's just like another one of those games. You Go well, back to like the Bengals game and so on. There's so many games. Even last year, there's like, what, two or three that he cost us.
0: Well, and what if what if the Falcons hit a Hail Mary there, and then they all they need is an extra point to win where it could have been 37-30 or it could have been 38-30. I mean, it could have very easily cost them on Sunday, and I was, like, dreading the fact that that's what it was going to be because I couldn't believe we were going to sit here and talk about a a kicker, an idiot kicker, I think is what Peyton Manning said one time. Uh, But yeah, I I don't get it. It it doesn't seem right. And you know, I I trust Ron that, you know, he's seen him day in and day out, but when this is what he's doing on, on the field, I don't know what you see there.
1: I mean, think about it like this fourth quarter after that Mike Davis, um, touchdown catch, they go up 30, 22 should have been 30, 24. Um, and then, of course, Terry McLaurin scores with four minutes left. It should be, at that point, 31-30 Washington if we make those PATs. You're playing with the lead. Yes, J.D. McKissick scores this crazy touchdown with 33 seconds left. But, like, if that doesn't happen, then you lose the game because you're not you're not up by one. Like, Atlanta should have got the ball back with three minutes left and some change playing to win the game. Like, mm-hmm. fighting, not you know, keeping the lead, but fighting to score which they didn't. Obviously, we got the ball back and won the game, but it's just something to think about um, because it can cost us games. But we're going to look at that. Um, But the one highlight, which has been surprising to all of us, we expected to have a a good offense this season. Obviously, things change week one with Fitzpatrick going down and Heineke coming in. So let's talk about the offense and what it's really looked like so far, Um, and specifically this game. Um, which I'm calling the Terry McLaurin game. And we'll talk about a couple of things that we don't agree with, and that's okay. Um, I love that, man. To...
0: No, I Terry love that, man. Terry McLaurin, My I'm going to call him
1: top 10 Terry. You can call him Terry, uh, Scary Terry whatever you want. Love his shirt, by the way. I got to get one. Um, but six catches, 123 yards, and two touchdowns. And the thing that stands out to me is how he's catching these balls. Like, it's not – like wide open, it is contested catches, and he leads the NFL in contested catches by all wide receivers. He is going up and getting these like turnover worthy plays that Heineke's telling, by the way, or these double coverage guys in traffic, just these hard to catch balls. And he's just making it look easy, especially the one against the Chargers, like when he can't even see it, reaches behind him and gets them. And then he's doing it again with that little hail mary in the back of the end zone where he's like waiting. He's getting tugged a little bit, has to jump forward and get the ball like last second. I mean, there's just there's just so many things to this guy's game. And the thing that's evolving so much is his route tree and how much he's really, you know, different plays. Like he's not just cutting across the middle and then busting, you know, for like 67 yards like we're used to seeing. He's going downfield more. Finally, he's stretching the field out and getting these longer passes. How has Terry looked this season so far and why is he the best player on our team?
0: Uh it's unreal, man. I, I just love watching him just because of how humble he is, and he just always does the right thing. He's always in the right spot, which he proves when he's making these unbelievable catches and when he he like, you know, will will not have a catch on a drive and then all of a sudden have two huge ones for first downs and all of a sudden they're in the red zone. I mean, it's just kind of how he is, and it's awesome. And the contested catch thing is unbelievable. If I if I told you that there was a receiver that was leading the league in contested catches, you would think a big guy like DeAndre Hopkins or even Julio Jones, even though he's lost a step, you'd think one of those big guys. But Terry McLaurin is what six foot and you know maybe six one. I don't know what they have him officially listed as, but they're probably lying. Whatever it is, so you probably take an inch or two off of that. But yeah, he just goes up and he plays tough and he plays bigger than he is. I mean he probably should have gotten knocked out of the game. It looked like he was going to be he came back in. I mean he's just everything you want in a football player and I'm I'm just so glad that uh he he's ours and yeah, he just uh, uh, is amazing They're week in and week out and it was fun to watch it in person again.
1: Yeah, I loved his little uh, locker room speech after the game too mm, after he got yeah. one of the game balls. It sounded um,
0: and it was really cool cuz like I feel like we've seen that it, him evolve from that. Like we saw him as the quiet you know, just do my work his rookie year. And then he was like, oh, you know what? I'm one of the best players on this team. And he started to speak up. And uh, I feel like he's dominated ever since because he's like, oh, man, I can do this. I can hang with these guys. And I'm as good as, if not better than most of the people I'm going against each week. And, man, it's fun to watch.
1: Yeah, let's keep it with wide receivers. I want to talk about Curtis Samuel. Like, he didn't have the biggest stats game, but just seeing him out on the field, was encouraging to me. I think yeah. he looked good. I mean, like I said, he only had four catches for 19 yards, but he had four, four targets. He had a couple of first downs. I think he had like two or three first downs. One well, was a fourth
0: down. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Fourth down conversion. So big plays, but he just, he looked good to me. And like we talk about, he's going to take attention off of Terry McCord, because you have to account for Curtis Samuel. Um, but yeah. I just think his strides, the way he was running his routes, he looked so much better. I think, I, you know, I don't think he's hundred percent. Obviously I think he's still like in that 75, 80% range. Um so, I think we're going to see more of him each week, just slowly getting pushed back into this offense and just seeing more of his big play abilities, which I think is coming. Just seeing yeah. him like on the field with our jersey on finally, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: play- playing the air guitar before the game. That yeah, was awesome. Just,
1: just vibing on the field. I love it. Yeah.
0: Him. Yeah. But, you know, it looked like he was on a, a a snap count or a pitch count or something. According to footballguys.com, he only played uh, 25 snaps. So that's 37% of the snap. So it seems like you know Six they, they yeah, they eased him back in. And uh, but you're right, it, it wasn't like he was a decoy, he was part of the offense and he had some huge plays and he made a guy on that fourth down. That fourth down route was pretty to get yeah. wide open. Um, but yeah, he's just gonna hopefully they're gonna ease him in a little bit more this week, a little bit more the week after that. And then I think soon this offense will be humming to where they really have to account for not just 17. But 10 as well and that'll be exciting
1: yep you got to count for 41 too uh joshua dobbins one of our favorite guys here on the podcast as we know jd mckissick and i keep telling everybody what makes me so mad i'm gonna go on a slight rant people are like why is jd getting the ball and taking targets away from gibson like not even just like fantasy guys but washington fans like why is jd keep getting the ball and every time he gets the ball he makes a big play and it, it, it makes me so mad people are like well I want to see Antonio Gibson run the ball more like JD McKissick handle like single-handling one us two games. The one catch against the giants up the sideline, which is a beautiful pass by Heineke, but just a great route and a great effort by JD McKissick. And then once again, this game winning touchdown leaping from like the four yard line with his little body, <laughs> yeah, like, People, like, Pete, like, put some respect on, on uh, J.D. McKissick's name because people are saying stop giving him touches because we have Gibson. It is okay to have two really good running backs. The Patriots won Super Bowls near the end with Tom Brady because of how many running backs they had on their team.
0: I, I've got two things there. I was one of those guys. I was like, why is Gibson coming out of this game? But every time I said that, you know, on Sunday, McKissick would rip off a six-yard run or, or get a catch. And, and make somebody miss, and then obviously the touchdown. So I'm I'm done saying that. What I'm now about to say though is, let's keep those guys on the field at the same time. I oh, mean, yeah. what was have we ever seen 41 and 24 out there? I mean, maybe very, a very couple little. times, but like it would be awesome to have them both out there. You 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 got to start accounting for all these guys um, the way. You know, we can talk about Taylor Heineke all you want, but he spreads the ball around pretty decently. Obviously, he's looking for Terry pretty heavily, but he's going to get everybody involved if they're open. And if you got two guys that are good out of the backfield, why not use them at the same time? So that would be my challenge to Scott Turner as I'm sitting on my butt watching the game, and he's actually calling a great game. That would be my challenge. Let's get both of those guys on the field. Let's get our best playmakers on the field. It's kind of like, you know, the Giants used to just have like four pass rushers on their defensive line, not – D lineman let's just get our four best playmakers out there why not just go out there and run a route and get open
1: well and I think we'll see more of that I think we'll see um more of JD McKissick and like a receiver role once Curtis Samuel is at 100% and he's like running the ball from the backfield stuff like right. that I think we'll you know we talked about it before the season I think we'll see Antonio Gibson JD McKissick and Curtis Samuel all be in the backfield and, and play like a wide receiver role and just just rotate that's that's such a great weapon to have Because Mm -hmm. offense is like, all right, either Curtis Samuel's running the ball or Antonio Gibson's going out for a, you know, little slant across the middle or JD McKissick's going on a wheel route on the outside. Like, it's so spread out. You just have no idea what's going to happen.
0: And then you completely catch him off guard and go deep to Terry. And you're like, oh. (laughs) And
1: then we dropped 60 points a game. Um, So, yeah, JD McKissick had five catches on five targets. Awesome. And then he had seven carries wasn't too impactful in the run game, had 15 yards, but I'm just looking at like touch count. Gibson had 14 um, and two catches. So like, I think Gibson has a slight edge, which is good. Like I want him mm-hmm. to be the running game, but like, I don't mind JD McKissick running the ball or Jared Patterson, like fresh feet Um, because Jared Patterson and JD McKissick, especially this week showed that they can pass block. So if you bring these yeah. two guys in, it doesn't mean, Oh, they brought in JD McKissick. They're definitely running or, Oh, Jared Patterson's out there. Like, it's a run no like jd mckissick i don't know who it was but blew that guy up on that blitz. yeah he had a
0: free shot on heineke i was like oh boy and then all of a sudden <laughs> the guy was disappeared <laughs> yeah
1: he was about to baptize him in the name of raisin cane sauce and jd mckissick just boom blew him out of the screen i loved it and then taylor heineke just came up <laughs> in the pocket and threw a ball um so kudos to jd mckissick yeah. and um, i think
0: i think i saw maybe pete haley tweeted uh jd mckissick did a Reddit asked me anything and he got annoyed with the, the fantasy talk. He's, yeah, like, he's like, listen, I don't I don't have a say when I go in and I'm not trying to steal the ball from Antonio Gibson. We're both trying to make it happen for the team. I like that answer. You know, I, I think I think football players need to realize fantasy is a huge part, but not in that case, not when you're both playing well. You don't have to apologize for anything.
1: Hey, I got JD McKissick and Gibson on my team, so I don't care. (laughs) I don't mind it. Uh, I had JD. He was on my bench this week, which sucked. Coral
0: Patterson cost me a game sitting on my bench. Really?
1: Oh my gosh. But I'm four now, so Good. good. I I only play one fantasy league every season because I can't have like multiple ones because I can't like root against guys and stuff. That's like my philosophy. I have to only do one. Um, so let's talk about Taylor cause he was a hot topic and I said a lot of stuff. I got a lot of hate and respectfully. So I'll own up to it. Um, you and me were texting about it and we disagreed with it and I'm glad. Um, and I just want to start out by saying like, I love Taylor Heineke. And I think he is the hot hand right now. We are winning games. We're seeing stuff we have never seen in a very long time at quarterback. Um, but I like, I gotta, I gotta watch what I say. Cause I'll get a lot of backlash. The thing I notice about, Taylor Heineke is like, there's so many things Like, I'm rooting for the guy, but there's so many things I am critiquing because I see him throwing these ill-advised passes. And the only reason I say this is because I want to see what happens against good teams. Like I saw what happened against the bills, against the defense, like throwing these awful picks and just, you know, second guessing himself and just not making these decisions. And I'm like, we can't have that against big teams. Like, like I said, the Falcons are a team I'm expected to beat. Him having a good game against the Falcons, who do not have a good defense. That's probably the easiest defense we had left on our schedule, honestly. Um, I mean, the Chiefs' defense sucks, too. But I think the Falcons were one of the worst defenses left on schedule. So I expected him to ball out. And I still saw some really bad passes that I was like, oh, man. Like, he almost got Gibson killed on that one pass, who was dealing with a shin injury, and he got nailed in the legs. And I was like, oh, God, Gibson, he's out. And then same with Terry McLaurin, got hit that one time after he threw him super late, led him right to the DB, got hit. He went down. I'm like, oh, man, like we're about to be down Logan Thomas, Terry and Antonio yeah. Gibson. But luckily they both weren't hurt. And there's a couple times Terry McLaurin bailed him out. Like, And I will say leading the league in contested catches is what happens when you have some of these ill-advised throws there's like two or three passes that should have been picked off. Like the safety was coming up and Terry was just like, Nope, I need that. Like you're not getting that or he played defense. So I said that got a lot of backlash just because I said, you know, I think Taylor Heineke is a great quarterback for now. I think he's the hot hand. My expectations for him was like our backup quarterback because of Fitzpatrick. I think he's outplaying that. But the thing I had such a problem with is people like, Oh my God, Taylor Heineke. That was his play against like, um, Terry McCorn. I'm like, Y'all, he should never throw that pass like a a punt in the back of the end zone with two, two DBs. Like that was all All first down. Yeah. First down trying to win the game. That was Terry McClure coming back and being a top 10 wide receiver doing what he's going to do. And I get it. He got away from that pass rush, broke the tackle. That was all Taylor Heineke. But like that pass, I literally had someone say that was that's what he wanted to do. That's exactly what he was trying to do. Mm. Terry was wide open super early. Burn of the dude. The guy was literally laying flat on the ground, had to get up, and
0: it's he missed it. has been a penalty, he... too. Yeah. Oh, I'm surprised. Oh, yeah, easily.
1: It. Oh, easily. Absolutely. If the, the chase hit, which we'll talk about, yeah. was a penalty. This had to be like attempted murder on Terry McCorn, which is the only way you can really cover him. Um, but, like, I, I pray to God we can win so many games with Taylor Heineke, but, like, I'm still, for now, in the mode of, like, I really wanted Justin Herbert.
0: Oh, I mean, sure. not even just
1: like him exactly, but I don't know. I just I feel like I'm in the I'm in the middle. Yeah. I don't hate Taylor Heineke, but I'm not like the biggest Heineke fan because I want him to get better.
0: Well, here, I don't know. I'm torn. I'm here's torn. my thing. You're you're absolutely right with a lot of what you said. He should have thrown another pick on the field goal drive. He he basically threw it into Harmon's hands and he dropped it in the end zone. So there were certainly some risky plays, and we've seen that already this year. I think that's kind of what Taylor Heineke has been through his. What five starts now? Um, but I I think that he's somewhere in the middle. I don't think that he is the quarterback of the future, like some people want to think that you know, we found the next Tony Romo or whatever the comparison may be. Uh Right. I I don't I don't think he's there, but I don't think he's some undrafted kid that shouldn't be out there anymore. Like I don't believe that anymore. He is proving against Maybe some bad defenses, but still against NFL defenses, that he he's legit and he can make some legit plays. I agree with you that that was hundred percent. You know, Terry McLaurin's two touchdowns were all him. I think JD, the J D McKissick play, he made a good job of staying alive and then finding him late. Yeah, but, like eighth or ninth,
1: three it seemed like. Like that yeah. was. I feel like that was equal. That that touchdown, him getting out, moving. Yeah. Just finding the open guy. JD McKissick backing away from the coverage, kind of getting out of the way and was like, all right, I pray to God Taylor can see me because like, yeah. as soon as it catches, I'm gone. I feel like that was a 50 50 play. Like, I respect that. Um, but like, right. I agree with you. Like, I'm not anti Heineke at all. I just, I hate I, not seeing Terry McLaurin or JD McKissick get their roses on those plays because they absolutely help out the quarterback. And then people say, oh, well, if Pat Mahomes does that, like, we're rooting for him. But like, people are like, oh my God, Tyreek Hill is dirty on that play too
0: yeah, well here, here but here here's one thing is that like I've seen Washington lose that game so many times before. Oh yeah. they, they they settle for the field goal. they don't complete that third down pass to McKissick. and you know, they miss the field goal or they make the field goal and Matt Ryan goes down and all he has to do is hit a field goal. Like I've seen that recently. I mean, I feel like this team has been close before, and a lot of the guys that tried it out there, just have not had it in them to go do what Taylor Heineke just is doing. Fall over it, it's, and <laughs> it's working right now. And that's why I'm going to ride the hot hand. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get too excited. I don't think he's a, a pro bowler and all pro, but I also don't think he's some scrub. And I think that NFL defense has got to start preparing him uh, for him. So I, I'm, I'm going to be excited. I think that there are some fans and I'm not saying you, I think there are some fans that are so pigeonholed into an opinion that they can't allow for them to be right or wrong. You know they, they they make up their mind on a guy because of one thing. They say, "Oh, he was undrafted. He didn't even start in the XFL." All this stuff, absolutely true. But there's a, there's a chance a guy can evolve. Him. Yeah, it doesn't de- yeah. it doesn't define him. He he's gonna make mistakes, but he's also won them two games and he's been a huge part in those two wins. I think that both of those can be true. Uh, where I hear you, he he definitely has some improvements to make, and he's got to make those. And if he's gonna continue playing the league, but right now. He's by far the best thing that they, they have at quarterback and potentially the best thing they've had at quarterback in a long three, four years.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. No, I I agree. Um, and I that's that's why I'm so like 50 50 on it. Um I will say like but like my big test, like he has a huge test coming up. First off, New Orleans defense is legit. Um mm-hmm. I think I think Marcus Lattimore still hurt. Um we'll talk about that on the previous uh, preview show. But Kansas City, bad defense, but really good team. Green yeah, Bay
0: shootout you're going to go against uh, the best yeah. offense in the league potentially
1: exactly Green Bay at Denver with a great defense really good secondary led by my guy uh Patrick Sertain Green Bay a little bit banged up but still it's that rematch game that everyone remembers from you like it's it's such a big slate like nice. there's so many tests from coming up and that's what I want to see can he go out and beat the good teams like Buffalo but-
0: let me, let me ask you this. I'm just asking for anybody. What would it take for you to be a, I mean, not for the guy of the future, but to be like, okay, we've got a shot this year. Like what over this stretch, what does he have to do? Does he have to steal two wins? Does he have to get one win and play well in the rest of the games? I mean, like what, what's going to get you on board? You, you know, I, I don't think he's the guy of the future, but on board for the rest of this year.
1: I mean, I, I'm 100% cool with him being a quarterback right, for the rest of right. the season because he wins games. It just concerns me that people are like, oh, we're not drafting your quarterback. We have our franchise quarterback. That's silly. Oh, like, please yeah. hit the brakes. Like, I love him to death, but and he wins games. And if he like goes out and just completely like tears it up this season, I think we still draft a guy super high, like first round, hopefully mm-hmm. in like, the top 10 if we trade up, whatever, it doesn't matter. And have them go at it and compete and then the best guy wins but like for me stretch wise it's not even like a certain amount of games because our defense is so bad i don't want it to be on the result of the game because if we lose games, it's going to be because of this defense which we're absolutely going to talk about um but for me is i just want to see those things that i don't like get better the ill-advised throws the high passes he sails passes which is kind of weird because he's shorter um and his just his decision making, like especially against the Bills, I get it, you're playing from behind, but you have to know when to not throw these terrible interceptions. And like we said, he could have easily had like two passes picked off. If, if those passes go to any other wide receiver on our team, I guarantee you it's getting picked off. So I just want to see better decision making. I want to see him not, you know, throwing our wide receivers in a harm, which he does pretty often. And then just keep doing what you do really good. Keep running the ball, like keep keep making plays with your feet. I don't care what any coach is telling you, like play your game because you're winning games. And that's, that's going to keep me happy. If he keeps winning games, then I'm, I'm cool with, like I said, I hope he does start the whole season. Like I would rather him start the whole season. than Fitzpatrick come back in like what? Five, six weeks. Right. Cause then like, what's Fitzpatrick going to be here next year? Like, I don't know. Um, is Heineken going to be here next year? More than likely. Yes. Like I would hope so. Um, so for me, I just I want to see this gauntlet of teams and how he goes against it, what he does, and how he evolves the whole season. This is his first season, just starting as an NFL quarterback, and that's what I told people: like he's not a rookie, but no. he's also not like this vet in the league. He's like what 28. He's been on a couple teams, bounced around XFL, you know, a couple NFL teams. I just want to see what he does to progress the rest of the season. Like I have this standard for him, it's and like I should be being harsh towards Heineke. Cause he's not at his best. That's good. Like that could be a good thing. Like I think right. he could get better. It's not like oh this is his ceiling. Like I hope not. Like I want more. Like I said, he has to beat those good teams. So I don't think I'm wrong for being harsh against it. I don't think I'm harsh for seeing what I don't like. Because if he like gets that even better, then I'm like full blown. I'll go buy his t-shirt. Yeah, hype train would <laughs> like, be
0: ridiculous.
1: Yeah, but like keep winning games, and I'm going to get behind mm-hmm. the guy. Was I root like rooting his name Thursday night? Absolutely, because. I think he balled out and he did something for the team that we haven't had in a long time. So it's a lot going around with Heineke, like on Twitter. The, yeah, the last... I, I think
0: I think both sides need to pump the brakes. I don't think we have the quarterback of the future, but I don't think this guy's some scrub that exactly. is in over his head.
1: I think there's a perfect median
0: of Heineke's a baller. Could he
1: get better? Yes. Is he like franchise quarterback material? I think it's still still left to be discovered. He still
0: only started five times. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like
1: I said, I'm not going to give out any more. I was mad in the moment during the game because I saw him overthrow Terry and Terry went down. And as soon as it happened, I was pissed. I was like, you cannot do that as a quarterback. Like that is your responsibility to protect your wide receiver, especially your franchise guy on the teams. Like I was pissed. So like y'all forgive me, but I tweeted out a mean tweet. I was like, I call it Heineke a bum. He's not a bum. I take that back, Um, but I was just very in the moment because I love Terry (laughs) (laughs) with all my heart. But I'm right with Heineke. I think that he does more special things all season long, and someone that's not going to be doing anything special anytime soon apparently is the defense, which did not make any improvements. And I said this Monday, like I wasn't as hyped about this win because I don't see any progression. From the defense, like, if I saw, like, we balled out, like, it was a hard-fought win, like, we beat them close, but our defense, like, had a good effort, I feel like I ought have felt different about, it. like, in my hype about a win, absolutely, I'd have been so mad if we lost this game to a Falcons team who, like I said, we should be beating with our right. talent on our team, but, like, do you, do you agree with me saying, like, you feel like you're kind of holding back, you're a little bit reserved in how excited you are because you don't see that step up with the defense.
0: Yeah, it, it was certainly underwhelming from the defense once again. I think a couple of guys made some splash plays. I mean, Jonathan Allen, again, was probably the best defender on the field. Uh, he's the maybe, best defender on our team. Yeah, he's on our team. team. And I would say maybe on the field for both sides. Oh, yeah. Uh, Montez Sweat got a sack. I feel like they played the run okay. I, like I still the run
1: defense was really like, – especially against yeah. Mike Davis. He was like, what, 12, 13 rushes, like 14 yeah. yards? But I mean,
0: the fact that you let a journeyman half wide receiver, half running back do that to you in Cordell Patterson. I mean, yeah, it just was absurd. The tackling was awful. Um, so yeah, it was underwhelming. I, I do think there were some, not positives, but like some hope that they're getting it right, but it still looks bad enough to where I, I I'm with you. I like, I don't see what they're doing during the week that they're doing. They're not, it doesn't seem like they're doing anything to improve it. Um, I, and I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if it's communication. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if these guys aren't buying in, or if it's a little bit of everything. Um, but it just certainly seems like something is off. Um, Bobby McCain was wild, you know, arguing with oh, the media. I mean, they're going to so write bad. about you guys being, you were a top five unit. Well, he wasn't, but the, this team was a top five unit last year. Of course, they're going to write about the fact that you can't get off the field half the time. So I don't know where that's coming from, but I don't know. It's very strange. It seems like there's too much talent there um, to be this bad, and they just week in and week out are not getting the job done.
1: Yeah, about the Bobby McCain thing, I want to say, like, the media, like, obviously the podcast, like, groups, whatever, like, hyped up this defense so much throughout the offseason without even seeing a play.
0: Rightly so, because they dominated yeah. last year. Yeah,
1: against pretty sucky teams. Yeah, but still, sure. Like, we saw people united. People were playing together. People were getting turnovers, getting to the quarterback. So, like, don't be mad that we spend, like, what, three, four months talking about how good this defense is going to be. And it's, you know, getting ready to be week five, and our defense sucks. Like, you can't be mad at them. Yeah, like, what they, are we it, supposed to say? hey, guys, yeah, the defense isn't exactly what it yeah. would be. We're sorry for misleading you with all these articles and stuff for three or four months. Like uh, It's getting there, that's, though.
0: There's some bright spots. They're trying. That's the thing is that it's not a couple of weeks. It's not a bad start. This is a month's worth of games. OTAs, like, we, we've mini seen camps, it. training yeah.
1: camp, everything, preseason, and four regular season games, and you still suck on mm. so many different levels.
0: And I, we said I was, I was nervous that Matt Ryan was going to look like his former MVP self, and what does he do? Four touchdowns all four to running backs regard, you know, at the same time, like, Shit. it's just absurd, man. Like, yeah, Ridley and I know, a nice and, 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 and we mentioned, yeah, Ridley could have had a p- huge game. Kyle Pitts had a bad catch on the sideline where he didn't get a foot down. You know, it could have been worse. And, and, you know, we talk about the penalty and, you know, every team gets bad penalties against them. So you can't hold, you can't say like, Oh, well they should have had a turnover or they should, Chase should have had a sack. Every and team can no say that every stats. week. Yeah, exactly. It's just, I
1: don't get I it. I could have won the lottery if I played it every day. <laughs> right. I don't get <laughs> but it. But I didn't. Um, but, yeah, like I think the defensive line was much better. Um, like I said, Mike Davis, I just looked it up, 13 carries for only 14 yards. He did have that one touchdown catch where the entire team missed the tackle. On third winning. down,
0: too, by the way. That yeah. was on third down. That's how bad that was.
1: Yeah. Ooh, I wrote down a step. by the way. Um, where would he go? Yeah, Atlanta was ranked 26th on offense on third down conversion, and they started the game 7-for-10 on third downs. Not ideal. I think they finished 10-for-16, uh, and Washington finished 4-for-9, which 4-for-9 mm, is not the best, but still. Atlanta being one of the bottom-tier teams on on third downs on offense and they started the game seven for 10 70 percent is not ideal at all But that's exactly like the blueprint and identity of our defense um so let's talk about obviously the linebacker core john bostick goes down he's out for the season but was playing terrible by the way yeah. um cole holcomb had a much better game he was actually getting to the ball he was making tackles he was reading plays he was more instinctive which is the word we hear a lot in like the pre-games like what's wrong with the defense they're thinking too much they're not like reacting they're playing like okay in practice coach said i have to do this all right let me make sure i go step by step real quick instead of just being like oh okay i'm reading yeah. the offense this is what's gonna happen let me go stop this if
0: you He's see like, the yeah if you see the ball going one way go after it don't think about what you should be doing or where you're supposed I gotta to stay in my zone get the ball.
1: coach is gonna be pissed if i leave my zone
0: <laughs> yeah. like, no go get the ball stop the
1: runner like go get it like if, if you cause the big play because you you were wrong Okay, then you just need to study the tape and fix it next time. But don't be like, oh, I think this is what's happening, but I'm gonna second guess myself and, and mm-hmm. not. I'm just gonna stay right here. That's even worse because you're like you're holding yourself back from making plays and from learning and being like, oh dang, I was right. Like, boom, check off in my mind. Like, I was right on that one. So <sighs> I don't know. It, it's frustrating. Um, but the most frustrating thing of the day, well, there's two. Um, the first one, obviously, Chase Young the the penalty on matt ryan first off i want to say chase young why the heck are you not tackling the guy yeah. like what causes you to say let me just try to push him over
0: the the one thing watching it back it looked like he maybe was trying to go for the ball which was it's not an excuse but maybe he was trying to knock it out because it looked like he was like trying to like push but also like hit where the ball was at but at the same time wrap him up it, it doesn't yeah. matter it's fourth <laughs> and down. I
1: patty cake with like the football he,
0: you're going to get the ball if you bring him down, regardless of if you knock it out or not. It's fourth down. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That was awful, but that was one of the worst calls I've ever seen. Even still,
1: yeah, that was just that was flat out terrible. Like pushing him in the chest, a very
0: delayed fall <laughs>
1: to yeah. like one knee and like uh like yeah, I don't know. The,
0: the, I don't know if that was supposed to be a sack, a pick. I, I don't know. It shouldn't yeah. have been a penalty. Whatever yeah. it was, it wasn't a penalty. Yeah,
1: and him picking it off, by the way, stupid. It's four oh, yeah, down. That's why what I, I was freaking out about. It.
0: I was like, "You just gave up 15 yards," was and like, then I'm like,
1: "20 like something." It was, it was, a lot. It
0: was um,
1: so I was like, "Gosh, IQ is not there on defense." Um, and that was yeah. Bobby McCain,
0: by the way, the guy that wants to talk about. Make sure you write it down. Well, I'm writing yeah. down the fact that you watch the tapes, oh, Bobby. Yeah, that was terrible. But
1: yeah, I like when I first saw that, I'm like, "Why did he not tackle?" Then I remember sitting there Thursday night when he gets called for bringing down Daniel Jones as easy as possible, put a pillow under his head, and he gets I caught. he Tony. got fined
0: for that later on. They yeah. fined him for that.
1: So, like, was it, like, PTSD from that? Like, right. saying, like, oh, let me let me not give up a first down here with a roughing the, the passer. And then it happens anyway. He's like, dude, I'd rather you just take his head off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's going to happen. Just, Get your money's worth. Yeah. Put him on the ground, at least. Like, bang him up a little bit. Um, So that really made me bad. But the number one thing that made me mad was – the freaking Cordell Patterson touchdown with Landon Collins on the other side of the field. And I'm glad a lot of people like agree with me on this. Like didn't Landon Collins miss a tackle? Absolutely. Was he running full speed, full momentum towards Cordell Patterson who literally the slightest juke move would have missed a tackle. Yes. Like why do you put Landon Collins in a man coverage on the opposite side of the field with Cordell Patterson who balled out all game? And you're like, uh, hopefully Cordell Patterson like comes across the field and like comes to his side. No, he's going the opposite way of Landon Collins. Now Landon yeah. Collins is forced to run full sprint towards this guy and be like, look, I got to risk it all. If he if he scores here, like that's on me. And literally the slightest juke just sent Landon Collins kept going, and like it's just like people are like, yep, that's another Landon Collins missed tackle. Yes, but why do you set him up to fail so bad? Like yeah. what what makes you say? yeah, Landon, you're going to be Cordell Patterson, but you're going to stay on this side. You're going to be on man coverage on the opposite side of the field. And then hopefully he comes over to your side and then you're just going to come down on him. Not like, oh, they're going the opposite way. Like it just, it blows my mind.
0: Yeah, it's coaching, it's position. It's it's a little bit of everything. It's, it's so frustrating. It doesn't seem to be getting any better because we see these mix-ups and these uh, bad positioning, these bad communication every game. And, and it hasn't changed and it hasn't gotten better. And, I don't know how you flip that switch. I don't think it's something that's ha- that happens week to week. And so it just feels like it's going to continue to happen until I don't know what the answer is. Maybe, you know, I don't. I hope John Bostick is okay in heals, But, you know, maybe it takes a new guy coming in there, or, you know, whatever it may be. But something something's got to change. I just don't know that it will. I mean, we've seen everything. We've seen
1: bad coaching. We saw Bobby McCain bite on Kyle Pitts when Cordell Patterson was wide open across the top. And he owned up to that, rightfully so. And then we've just seen terrible schemes. So, like, we've seen bad coaching, bad player performance, bad schemes. Like, we've seen everything. So, I don't think it's, like, one thing. Right. I I think it's everything at once just mounting up and, like, going off of each other, making it even worse. Um. But I will say, like, the D-line playing better, not, like, phenomenal. I'm not like, oh, yeah, that's that D-line. But much better... Is like a, a good first step because it's going to mm-hmm. help out the back in. Now it doesn't help when John Bostick goes down, you know, maybe, you know, t- to each their own opinion, obviously don't wish injury on anybody, but like, does it help out? I don't know. I, I think we see more Khaliq Hudson and I think you just have to take the training wheels off of Jamin Davis and just say, go, go be Why a not? freak athlete. Go learn in the moment. If you mess up, so what? It's not going to get any worse. Like yeah. unless you're just at the very least
0: you're fast enough to hopefully make up for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If he catches the ball, you should be there quicker than John Bostic. So defense looking at this next game, I feel like we're going to talk about the Saints. Um, We're going to have a guy on tomorrow night. I'm going to drop it Thursday night. uh, John Hendrick from Believe in Saints from the Believe Network, who's going to talk about the Saints offense, which is really weird. Like, I feel like the whole Saints team is really wonky. I feel like they're like one of the best teams and then also one of the worst teams in the NFL. Did I see that
0: Kamara didn't even have a catch? last week or something like that that'd be I I don't mean to put it on the spot but yeah it it does seem weird like you know they beat down the Packers and then all of a sudden uh you know a couple weeks later they lose to the to the Giants of all people I mean they let the Giants come all the way back which is which you wouldn't expect like Giants um and then like it's like is Jameis the real deal or is it Jameis who we thought he was all these years like it is it is very strange so it will be interesting to hear what he he has to say
1: so you have new orleans kansas city green bay denver tampa bay is the next five games so good offenses like i said the saints michael thomas is still going to be out so like eh, not the best offense but alvin Kamara is still you know capable of having six touchdowns in a game by the way mm-hmm. um and then, obviously, the Chiefs, the best offense in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, the Broncos, who are one of those hit-or-miss teams, too. And then you got Tom Brady in the Bucks. Like, I feel like they'll be much healthier at that point, too. So, like we said, it's, it's huge test for Taylor Heineke, but such a big test for this defense. Like, this is the stretch of, like, you have to play your best ball. Right. And, like, we're going to find out exactly who you are. I think the Saints next week is probably, like, the worst team we play in the next stretch. Like I said, those next five, six. I mean... I don't know, maybe the rest of the season because Cowboys are good. Maybe the Giants, Eagles, obviously, in yeah. the end. But- you, you
0: can't look too far ahead because then you'll psych yourself out. But, yeah, yeah. you got to realize, you know, you got to take advantage of some of these teams that aren't super great and especially your home games. You know, uh, you know, I know there might not be a huge home field advantage, but there is in the fact that you don't have to travel. So take advantage of that. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. You hope the defense can rise up to the, ca- the occasion. Maybe they've kind of smelled their – themselves a little bit to start the year and hopefully it's a a a gut punch and they turn it around but yeah it's going to get hard real quick
1: yeah like i said we'll have one john uh, Hendricks we'll talk to him tomorrow night and drop it thursday night um so you can catch that to get a little bit insight about this confusing new orleans saints team i'm looking forward to it because i don't know who the heck they are so i'm interested to see what he says about it
0: camara did not have a catch which is strange
1: wow it's probably the first time ever since like pop warner Right. That, that dude catches everything uh, going back to Alabama. Uh, but, guys, appreciate y'all checking in on the episode. Like I said, it was a stressful win. Learned a lot. Still have a lot to work towards. I say we have to win, like, two or three of these next five. I mean, you have to if you want to, you know, stay alive throughout the whole season. It's but right. it's the NFC East. Yep, you got you got to win some of these big games. Like I said, Heineke, love you. You're winning games. Beat one of these good teams, and I will be full on the train But the defense has to help out. We will catch y'all Thursday night for the preview episode. Like I said, this episode is presented by Bet Online. Check it out and sign up today. B L E A V. Get that 50% bonus. Brian, I'll see you tomorrow night, sir. See you, brother. Thank you for listening to Believe.